1: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Nazaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas—a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for, and then find it to the full. And today we continue in the series in the Book of First Corinthians, a study on the First Letter to Corinth. Today we're in Chapter Thirteen, where Paul continues the topic of spiritual gifts. ...focuses on one of the most important topics in the Bible. Definitely one of the most quoted in weddings and in sermons. It's commonly referred to as the love chapter. And it's pretty much the bottom line. But keep it right here. Sean has a challenge for you to hear it with fresh ears. Maybe you're a new thing. Reachingforreallife.org has his full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called Learning to Love. Pastor Sean is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and 1 John chapter 4. It's time for reaching for real life radio.
2: Most of the things we worry about in our life or that we focus on or that we chase after, they are not eternal. They're not gonna matter in 30 years. Some of them are not gonna matter in 30 hours, but yet we'll break a friendship over it or we'll will burn, you know, burn a relationship or hurt a person or whatever. And he's saying, no, no, there, there are things that are eternal. Three things remain, faith, hope, and love. And then he tells us not only what things are eternal, but the greatest of those. What is eternal and what is greatest? The greatest is love. See, this is such a clarifying verse. There are so many things in life, and he's not saying those are bad things. It's just there's so many things that aren't eternal, and they're definitely not the greatest. Of all these things, even those few that are eternal, the greatest and most critical is love. So here's the main point this morning. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's what I want us to carry with us. Of all the important things in life, none is as important as love. Of all the important things in life, none is as important as love. And there's lots of important things. Lots of wonderful, important things in life that God allows us to carry out, God wants us to carry out and enjoy and be about But the most important thing is love. Let me bring a couple points to kind of help us walk this out. The first, love is to be my highest purpose every day. Love is to be my highest purpose every single day. It's like a compass that should constantly guide us and give us direction. Let me tell you something. We need a compass. We need a compass because I'll tell you, life can be very confusing. This year, it feels like, and you know, we all make the 2020 jokes, right? Right? This year, all I think it's done, it's turned the heat up a little bit and it's illustrated what's already been there. The stuff that when things are going good, we kind of put on the back burner and we kind of put off or that we we kind of don't worry about. We'll we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. Well, 2020 changed all that. Whether it was pandemics that created all kinds of disruption and turmoil and all of the struggle and the tension and the back and forth. Whether it was race relations and all of the things that emerged because of that. Whether it was maybe the most contentious election in my lifetime. And I've seen a couple contentious elections before. 2000 was fun. But it was nothing compared to this. And it's funny, we, we kind of all go into our camps. Isn't it amazing how we divide the same way in the same camps? Well, it doesn't matter what issue it is. If it's pandemic, how do we respond? Do we do we shut down completely? Do we you know what do we do with mass? All these things. We tend to divide in our camps that we divide in on everything else. And then race relations, we find, hey, wait a minute, I'm in the exact same camp as I am with the same people as I am with mass. And on the election, hey, I'm in the exact same camp as I am on race relations, mass, economics, immigration, whatever. We've got these camps that we're locked into. And it's like, I I never stop and listen to someone because, well, oh, they're not in my camp. I know what they're going to say. Let me just tell you something. You don't know what they're going to (laughs) say. It's really good to just treat people like people and listen, see what they're going to say. And you know how you know what someone's going to say? Let them say it. (laughs) It's so confusing. There's so many things and so many of these things pulling at us. We need a compass. We need something to say for us to look at and say, oh, wait a minute, this is the bottom line. And that thing is love love is to be my highest purpose every day and we talk about the one thing you've heard me talk before about you know the movie city slickers and everybody this is where i catch everybody on this right the one thing everybody knows about that right The one thing what's the one thing in life this is theology and philosophy according to curly from city slickers so that's the secret one thing one thing Well, the one thing is that organizing or clarifying pursuit or value in your life. And let me tell you what the one thing is not. That one thing is not your career. Even though we may organize our whole lives, we may do everything about our career, our career, our career. That's not. My goals, whether they be financial goals, whether they be goals with my home, whether they be goals with my kids, they are not the bottom line and the final organizing thing. That's not the one thing. Expectations, parents' expectations, people's expectations, spouses' expectations that's not the one thing. Politics is not the one thing. Please know. politics is not the one thing. When I think of even social justice, so just understand justice is from God. God is love, He is grace, He is mercy, but God is also just. If you start and think about justice as as working to see justice for those who have been deprived justice, that's a good thing. That's a God thing. But the way social justice in our current context is, is there's always got to be this sense of retribution. And it's really not complete until I make whoever I perceive is to blame, because it's always the blame game, until I make them pay, then justice hasn't been served and it's like, whether or not they've ever been involved in this injustice, I've got to dump it on someone. And it's like, when I get my heart all locked up in this, i got to make someone pay. I've left love. I've even left justice. It is a good thing to pursue justice. God is just. And if he weren't just, he wouldn't be good. But to turn it into something where I've got to always have this, I've always got to have this, this, person or this group that i go after and say i've got to make you pay for the injustice all of a sudden i find i'm getting caught up in not love but in hate and in brokenness and i miss the true beauty of justice as god describes it and defines it none of those things are the one thing jesus was asked what's the most important commandment remember what he said love god with all your heart soul mind and strength the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself In other words, love God with everything I've got. That's the first love. And love others the way I want to be loved. This is to be my highest purpose every day. Every single day. In fact, imagine you wake up in the morning and there's that moment when your head's still on the pillow and you're like, okay, I'm not up yet or I don't want to get up yet or whatever. And you're thinking about your day. Some people grab the phone and they start scrolling news or scroll Twitter or whatever. Sometimes maybe you're just sitting there. What if in that moment you said, Lord, today... I want to give myself to loving you and loving others. Help me to do that. Let this day be a day where I love you first, God. I love you. I remember that you're with me all day long. I listen for your voice. I follow the nudge and the call of your spirit all through the day. And then what if I, I make a point to love people throughout my day? And then you start thinking through the appointments you have in day. Ooh, this one's going to be tough. One and two, I'm okay. Three, ooh, I don't know, God. Maybe we, I could punch out maybe for a few minutes there. No? God, let me love that one. Let me love in your name today. And then what if at the end of the day, you go and you follow him to the best of your ability throughout the day, and at the end of the day, Lord, did I love today? As you think back, did I love today? Is that what marks this day and where I walked and how I lived? Did I love? See, out of all the important things in life, none is as important as love Second thing, love should determine my priority in every situation. Yes, it should be the purpose behind the day. It should be the thing that I say, God, this is what I want to live for today. But it should also determine my priority in every situation. Because here's the deal. Love always has an object, doesn't it? You talk about an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. This agape love is choosing to love another person and choosing their interest even over my own. It always has an object. And so the question becomes, okay, I'm in a situation, God, what does love require in this situation? I'm in a conversation at work. What does love require? I'm in a conversation with my spouse. Lord, what does love require in this situation? I'm at a neighborhood association meeting, and you're like, love has no place there. I'm sorry. You're at the neighborhood association meeting, and that one guy who makes you insane and wastes everybody's time gets up. Oh, God. Lord, what does love require in this situation? See, when you do that, by the way, it's usually not that hard to figure out. It's usually not that complex. The secret is stopping and asking the question. And what then you bump into is all the other competing priorities. Because there are other priorities, some of them good, some of them not so good. But it's like if I'm in a business meeting or I'm meeting with a client, I work for an employer and I have a responsibility to do my best for my employer. I have a responsibility to handle this situation, this deal, this purchase, this sale. I have a responsibility to handle it well. So balancing all the competing priorities. Some are just simple, honorable fiduciary responsibilities. Other might be your own ambition that you need to say, Lord, I gotta put that on the back burner. Your own fear, Lord, I gotta put that on the back burner. But as I think through these other priorities, how do I make sure that love determines my priority? in every situation I think the Bible gives us a a key and it's what we call the one another's
1: and this is when we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro a listener supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called Learning to Love it's in the series on unity called One which is available right now on the sermon page at reachingforreallife.org and while you're there if you've been blessed by this teaching your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others Just find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. And in fact, your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azaro. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio. The one
2: another. There's lots of passages that talk about in the context of Christian community, love one another is one of those passages. But there's others that give us ways to love. And I want to go over six real quick ways for us to love other people. You may want to jot these down. Galatians 5.13 says, serve one another in love. says, serve one another in love. Serving someone becomes a way to love them. And you can do that in any situation. Remember, Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. So you want to love in a situation? You're in a business meeting? You're with a coworker. You're with your, one of your family members? Lord, how can I serve them in this situation? How can I serve their interests? Even if you're on opposite sides of a table in a negotiation, See, the bottom line is never the bottom line. There's something bigger at work. But even if you have a responsibility to make the best deal I can make for my employer, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But how can I serve this person? How can I serve their interests right now? See, serve one another in love. That's one way to love people. How about 1 Thessalonians 5.11? It gives us two. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Encouraging someone is a way to love. Do you realize how much people need to be encouraged and how many people tear them down in the course of a day? And if you simply become a person who says, I'm going to be about encouraging. I'm going to be about encouraging people. Do you realize how much love they will perceive and feel from you? Because people are hungry for that. How about building each other up? It's a type of encouragement, but building up can involve being specific. Building them up, helping encourage them in a specific area. Add value to them. Adding value to someone. I had dinner with, uh, this was a while back, with Sonny Melendres. You know who Sonny Melendres is? He was a very well-known radio personality in Los Angeles and then in San Antonio. And he's just, he's, if you hang around with Sonny Melendres at all, he's one of the most positive, just upbeat guys you're ever going to meet. Really neat, neat guy. Well, I'm having dinner at a friend's house, Baron, who produces uh, the podcast and the radio program with me. And we're at Barron's house, and we're having dinner. And I sit next to Sonny Melendra's and just the conversation comes up. So he asks what I'm doing. And this was back when I was writing a Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit Filled Life. And he said, Oh, tell me about it, you know? And so I share a little bit about it. And he he stops and just and again, this was so brief. He says, He says, You have a really great voice. He said, You need to do an audiobook and you need to read it. And that was it. But to think of a guy like that, he added value. He built me up. He encouraged me in something, and he gave me something that I hung on to. Now, he's not the only person who suggested an audio book. But, you know, one, his background, he, he knows what he's talking about. It was like at that moment, I'm like, you know what? He's exactly right. And you'll be happy to know we finished the audio book. It's been sent to Audible. Hopefully they'll put it up. It should be up in the next couple of weeks. So, and But Sonny Melendres was a guy. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. And both of you, that's wonderful. Thank you, thank you all. Stop, stop. But he, I just thought, that's what I mean by value added. I want to do that for people. I want to get better at, at doing that for people. Building them up, encourage them. Because that's that that's received as love. And no matter what you're doing, you can do that. Even with someone who you're on the opposite side of a negotiating table with. Romans 12.10 gives us two more. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. You can be faithful and devoted and have integrity in relationships no matter what the relationship is, no matter who it is. And you can honor people. You can respect them. You can speak well of them. You can refuse to speak poorly of them. You can honor them. That's five. And then one more, Ephesians 4, 15 gives us a big one. It says, speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Do you know, telling someone the truth, telling someone the truth is a way to love them. It really is. It's a way to love them. And it, telling the truth can be done to put them in their place, and it might not be loving. And that's not what the Scripture's talking about. But speaking the truth in love. I remember I had a, this is not too long ago, I had a conversation with a brother who wanted to meet with me and needed some just some input on some things. And particular there was some stuff going on that I knew this would be a hard word, but I knew it's exactly what this brother needs to hear. And I knew he wouldn't like hearing it. And it's one of those things where nobody, li- I don't like giving that kind of word. I don't want to be the guy to go rain on someone's parade or to burst their bubble or whatever. So I prayed about it. I'm like, God, you know, I, I want to give my best. I want to give my best. And... That's what I determined to do. And I felt like the Lord said, yep, just be fully present and give your best. And so that's what I did. And I listened to him, and I I tried to encourage, tried to talk about through some things. And then when the appropriate moment came, I had to speak the truth on some things that I knew were difficult, but it needed to be said. And I don't think he loved it, but he received it. And I think he received it because he knew I cared about him. And it wasn't like I want to put somebody in their place or I want to put you down and in a perverse way put myself up. Because there's all kinds of ways we can pretend to speak the truth in love when we're just trying to beat down on somebody. As opposed to speaking the truth in love because I love them and I want to see the best for them. And it would have been way easier for me just to give an encouraging word and not say anything about the hard stuff. Let someone else do that. But sometimes the best thing you can do is speak the truth in love. And those are all ways to love someone in the course of life, work, family, all of it. But that leads us and drops us in one of the hardest ones. And I want you to, this is number three, but be ready for this. Love should guide the tone of every conversation. That's tough. Let me just t- tell you why. I- I'm a person who, like, uses a lot of words. And I like language. I like playing with language. I like, I, I just enjoy it. And the scripture says where there's lots of words, sin isn't far off. Sin abounds. And that's true. Look at, look at what James wrote. I hate this passage of scripture. I mean, I love it because it's scripture. And I'm a pastor, a man of God. Of course I love the scripture. God bless you. But this is very challenging and convicting. Listen to what it says. James 3, 9, 10. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and our Father. You could add to that, you know, we, we sing worship songs. We celebrate God. We preach the word, whatever it is. With the tongue we praise our Lord and our Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praises and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. He says also that the tongue is a small member, but it starts a great fire. You ever experienced that? And as someone who loves language, loves humor, I've had to really work on this, wa- watch this. I've failed with this. I've had to repent. And just think about this. This idea of the tongue as a, a small member but that can cause lots of damage. In the digital age, I think we need to include the fingers. You can type a little tweet and cause a lot of damage. Type a little note and cause a lot of damage. It's the same idea. Our conversations. Love needs to set the tone of the conversation. And I, I, I love Humor. I love you, and there really is. We got a group of guys around here we're friends with at at, at River City, and so we crack on each other a bit. You know, we throw some sarcasm around. Let me tell. Let me give you a guiding, a guiding kind of principle in that. In your heart, if your goal is to build someone up and encourage them and make them feel loved and 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 hopeful and positive about their possibilities because that's what god's presence does if that's your goal then i think there's place for that there's place for that kind of humor and other things. if your goal is to put them in their place communicate a truth with a little bit of snark on it see that's not love and knowing that dividing line is critical I'm not saying, because some people just throw out humor and all, uh, all kind of just fun relational communication and they're, they're always just on their guard and, and very constricted and, and, and just wrapped up in the way they speak. I, that's not what I'm proposing. What I am saying is we've got to be able to speak with love. And so if my goal is to build them up and love them and encourage them, then great. Humor's great. Even a little sarcasm can be fun among friends. That's fine. But if your goal is to put them down, put them in their place, make them look stupid so they understand how smart you are or how wrong they are. That's not love. That's not love. And here's the reason. People are being beaten down verbally all the time. We live in a world full of words, so many words. And what we need are loving words. We need words that encourage and build up and that cause people to see possibilities instead of tear them down and make them want to throw in the towel. And we, of all people, need to know that. So love needs to set the tone of the conversations. And that can be really challenging. That can be very difficult because we have so many words. What would it take to make sure our words, people hear them and go, man, love, love. Of all the important things in life, none is as important as love. And right now, some of us feel, you know, maybe you're just like, okay, Yeah, I can make it the purpose, and oh, I can try to make it in every specific situation, and oh, now every conversation, are you serious, Sean? Kind of like a stop, I can't do this. I really can't do it. And if that's where you are, I want to suggest you're at a good place, and here's why. Last point. Love must be received before it can be shared. Love must be received before it can be shared. The good news is you're not supposed to do this on your own. Later on in 1 John 4, That is such a key right there. Do you know how many of the unloving things I say or do or that you say or do or the impulses that we have are rooted in fear? Think about it. Think about it. I'm afraid they're going to take advantage of me, and so I respond. I'm afraid I'm going to look foolish, so I respond. I'm afraid I'm not going to get mine. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. And so I step on whoever I need to. I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough, so I'll lie to this person to get the sale. All rooted in fear. And what we just read is we are in him. He loves you. He is in you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. And perfect love casts out all fear. And this is so significant because as we experience him, as we let him love us, we receive his love. And we realize, oh my gosh, the most powerful, most loving, most amazing person in the universe loves me so much that he sent his son to die for me. As I walk in that, as I mature in that love, it's amazing how all of a sudden my impulses turn from fear to love. I'm not as afraid about not having enough, because I know he said he'd take care of me, he'd provide. I'm not as afraid of not realizing my full potential and purpose, because he said, no, no. I will complete the work I've begun in you. I don't have to be afraid because I'm in him. And more important, he's in me. Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit. And this is so powerful. Remember what Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love. Do you know what that means? When I become a follower of Jesus Christ and his Spirit resides in me, He produces love in me. The good news is you don't have to muster it up on your own. What you have to do is receive his love. Receive the gift that Jesus Christ made available on the cross of salvation. Receive the spirit of God that dwells in us. And then let him love through you.
1: That's the secret. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. If you'd like to hear this full message in the series called One... It's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact us page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find the Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.